Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. How about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. Here we go. Hopped up on uh, overly expensive hot beverages and uh, another new shot of Dayquil. We're ready to go. Appreciate your indulging me with a shutterdown day yesterday. How'd that go? It went okay. Didn't shut it down to the degree I would have hoped for. Did work in a, an early nap. Uh, I don't know if I was nap. No, I think it was probably working while this uh, show was happening yesterday, but I was in a fog and uh, continue to be, but uh, hopefully on the way out. More of a fog than normal. I'm probably in a fog on, a, on the regular, but uh, trying to kick the funk and uh, move on with life. And I think we're getting there. Starbucks uh, hit me for about four fifty for. I may be patient zero and have to apologize. Oh, to, really? Yeah. Because you're creating. Well, for the IMG broadcast, it's been in this building for a while, but I feel like I I've, may have given you yeah. a head cold. I don't know. I've had it like for a week here. I, I had it. We at didn't Clemson. make out or anything, so I don't know when. Clemson being in a small maybe booth me in a car. Check- me checking the mics before the broadcast. Getting the funk right on those <laughs> microphones. It's, uh, I think a lot of people have it uh, this time of year. It's been unfortunate because the weather's been awesome. The last two days have been perfect. Today's a little bit more of what you might expect in the fall. Yesterday was awesome. The previous day was uh, nice and uh, maybe even a little warm for some people's uh, taste. Not that you can actually complain about that in the middle of October. And away we go. Basketball in the Carrier Dome tomorrow night, if you can believe it. Orange versus white scrimmage. So basketball's happening, baseball postseason. We're going to touch base on that today with Rob Ford, the voice of the Houston Astros, coming on the show here in a few minutes. Tomorrow we'll get to the center of this Jimmy Butler fiasco. What a The NBA anymore now is just it's closer to the WWE than I think it's ever been. And uh, Nick Friedel, who has a pretty good pulse on uh, what's happening there and around the league, new uh, Warriors reporter for uh, ESPN will join us, but he's been lately in Chicago, and and because of the Chicago connections, Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler with the Timberwolves, he spent a lot of time with that team uh, last year. He gave us one of the best restaurant recommendations of our travels. I, Who, Nick? Yeah. We went well, to Nick like lives at Shula's in, yeah, in that, Chicago. If that's, that's where, where we went. Yeah. yeah that the was, one day we saw his mom in there, remember that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nick wasn't there, but his mom was hanging we out. Went and had breakfast there, I Speaking believe. Speaking of mothers... That's what you call a sagui Bali in the, in the business. We sagui drain into that. Context is everything. You know, I, I uh, driving in this morning, was in and out of the car, stopped to get a previous hot beverage to uh, try to clear my funkaliciousness here. And I catch Daniel Baldwin talking about Polly's mom <laughs> on the show. Here's how it sounded. I started in this business, unbeknownst to a lot of people, as a stand-up comedian. And I started in New York. And then when I went out to L.A., uh, I got a sitcom very shortly after I, I launched my stand-up career on the West Coast. But Paulie's mom owns <clears throat> a comedy club, a very well-known comedy club in Los Angeles. And, and I actually got to meet Paulie and was around his mother and other comedians for... So I didn't realize you guys went back that far. <laughs> 
then I it did blink. I was like, I was like, you know what? Polly Shore's mom owned a comedy <laughs> store. That's that's a coincidence. Polly and Polly's mom, and uh, wow, the strange uh, interweavings. You know, you're out there on the West Coast. Daniel Baldwin goes out on the West Coast, and uh, he and Polly. And then what he did is apparently he attributes his early time with Polly and Polly's mom to getting Daniel Baldwin headed down the wrong road. The funny thing about it, it stirs so many emotions thinking about Paulie and seeing him in that era of my life. Because that's when I got out there and I started making money and I started getting in trouble. So you're at the beginning of the end for him too, huh? Yeah, he's talking about Paulie Shaw. Oh, okay. So in case oh. you didn't know. So tomorrow on Levitard with Daniel, as Daniel's been on the Levitard uh, show yeah. all these weeks, uh, we are doing the six degrees of Baldwin. We couldn't. Get one of the Baldwin brothers on this week, but from Biodome with Stephen Baldwin, we will have Pauly Shore in studio. Well, six degrees of Baldwin pretty much ought to cover everybody when you think of there being four Baldwins and their vast reach, various genres. So that'd be interesting. It's quite the uh, run. This is a longer run than Cats, the, uh, <laughs> the Baldwin appearance on Levitard. I, I'll be interested to see how it goes over with them when Polly Shore starts talking. Polly Shore sounds like the type of guy that should have a regular spot on uh, Levitard's show. He's right up there, Allie. See how that goes. We're good. Uh, but no, that that's where context matters. you got to kind of hear the beginning and end of things. You take things out of context, just little snippets, and uh, that's not going to add up very much. So I had to kind of listen. And if... As sports fans, if you ever wonder, gee, why did it seem like the announcers repeated the same? That's why. Yeah. Because they're told to repeat the best stuff because the audience is coming and going. They might only caught part of it. They might not have heard the setup. That That's why it is. So The uh, corner office of this building has a huge pet peeve about people doing interviews and not repeating who they're interviewing. Yes. Which is a major that's a, problem. We're, we're covering that with uh, students right now in the uh, BDJ uh, 330 slash uh, 600. We'd have you drop by, Polly. Maybe you can learn something. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> we've had Polly in class before. Uh, maybe come in to demonstrate. Of course, the Newhouse kids are too good for it. Yeah. They, they don't actually think about they're ever going to have to touch equipment. <laughs> and Polly didn't really think of ever having to touch the equipment either. And we would prefer, in most cases, that he doesn't. <laughs> But at least Polly can come in and say, well, the blue cord goes into the blue hole and the red cord goes into the red hole. And then you have to jerry-rig these uh, six cords to go together to hopefully get this connection at the other end. That's usually the uh, Polly substitute teacher unit. You usually have a class walk by the setup at the dome and I give them a yep. rundown of things I know nothing about. <laughs> right. What uh, I'm waiting for the year. Hey, anybody have any questions for Polly? Yeah, what does that uh, third button from the right do? Blah, 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 I don't know. <laughs> why, why don't you come down here and figure it out? And then you can tell all of us. And not to keep going on this, but I had the really, the strangest security check-in in Pittsburgh yeah. this past week. They well, it's amazing me- the disparate nature of those arena check-ins. Some, and you see this like online, it's barely even a acknowledgement or a, a pat down it's okay well, unzip your bag all right good all right whatever and sometimes like oh, we'll open a bag you do it i do it you open a bag there's a clock right there ticking <laughs> like what would look more like something you want to get out of that situation but go ahead pittsburgh uh, pittsburgh made me take every piece of radio equipment plug it into the wall and turn it on it took 30 minutes 
And I'm like, I don't even think I turned this on during the broadcast. <laughs> Why do I have to turn it on for you? But it literally to unpack all the equipment, yeah. plug it into the wall, and the lady acts like she knows what's going on. Oh yeah, the light came on. Yeah, you're good. You're good. So it was Adam really- Terry walks in and uh, he got the. Not that anybody really would know. We were just ma- making a joke out of it. The, the Baltimore Raven treatment. His reputation precedes him. He walks in with a nice Mac lightweight laptop that happens to have the battery run down, so he has no juice in it. Well, Sarah, would you open that up? And well, no. He'd have to basically charge it, yeah. in order to to uh, power it up. He didn't have the charger with him. I thought, well, maybe I do because I have, an, but I have an older. Mac laptop that's not going to work with his charger. You need to basically have a, an Apple store set up at the entrance to Heinz Field <laughs> in order to uh, actually power everything on and off. But you're safe. You know that going in. Big NFL stadium. They want to be uh, serious about that. Better safe than sorry. Well, that killed the segment. Well, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Got that done. Check. What's next? Um Good. Well, when you're sick, you just gotta you gotta lean on your friends a little bit. But uh, we'll have Rob Ford coming up. There's only four teams left in Major League Baseball. The Astros are one of them. Astros, Red Sox, Dodgers, Brewers. World Series will be drawn from that group. We'll talk about that with Rob as we continue. Your phone calls welcome four three seven seven six four four. If you knew Paulie's mom back in the day, or if you have been oh, fleeced boy, at the <laughs> Heinz Field, this is how you drive uh, callers. If you've been fleeced at the uh, Heinz Field entryway, you can uh, chime in with your experiences at four ESPN forty four. You're in the booth. Brought to you by Marriott Syracuse Downtown on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Welcome back in the booth as we continue here on ESPN Radio in Syracuse. The uh, Orange football team off this weekend. Orange basketball starts tomorrow night in a way. Men and women both playing in scrimmages with a 7 o'clock uh, start time there. The Orange versus White scrimmage free to the public and uh, open for that tomorrow night. Hope you can come out and uh, check that out. There'll be a lot of uh Contest with the guys and uh, pretty lighthearted, but they do uh, get up and down and, and break a sweat, and you get to see not only this uh, team that returns so many familiar faces from a year ago, but uh, newcomers. So uh, maybe in the tomorrow's show we can uh, start who's going to be this year's you know James Sutherland that breaks out and scores 18 points in an exhibition game and has everybody convinced that they're uh, going to put their jersey up in the rafters at, at some point, and we'll keep an eye on uh, just who distinguishes himself in this scrimmage. Plus, then exhibitions come up against uh, St. Rose two weeks from today, and then uh, Lemoyne on uh, Halloween night at the Carrier Dome before the uh, regular season opens on uh, November 6th. So uh, looking forward to all of that. You heard the promo there a moment ago for Saturday night. That is uh, the Crunch season opener. Their 25th season opens at the uh, new and improved War Memorial Saturday night, and if you're not going to make that or even on your way out, you can be listening to uh, our friend Rob Ford, who joins us now, Astros uh, play-by-play announcer, also the national broadcast of that game will be on ESPN 1200 AM on Saturday evening. Rob, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, one of the first things I was going to hit you with is just, you know, and you live it and breathe it and you've got the grind of the Major League schedule day in and day out starting in February. It's got to be unusual now that yesterday and today they're the only days since mid-July after the All-Star break with no Major League Baseball, and the playoffs are just so different than the regular season grind in terms of the schedule and the way things play out. Uh, What are you and the Astros 
doing right now between uh, clinching a spot in the ALCS and waiting until Saturday night's opener? You know, it's, you know, it's a good point, Matt. Yeah, I um, I tell people all the time, doing playoff games is much easier than doing regular season games, and some of it is obvious, right? There's more adrenaline. There's you know, the the stadiums are going to be packed. Every game matters. Whereas you know, a mid July game in Anaheim, you know, doesn't exactly hold the same the same cachet. So, and then also too, you never play more than three games in a row, so you get plenty of days off and. You know, from a broadcast standpoint, it, it just makes it much easier to do your job. Uh, the Astros are traveling to Boston. They're actually working out right now at Minute Maid Park. And they're traveling to Boston later this afternoon. And, of course, they'll have a workout um, at Fenway Park tomorrow and then game one on Saturday. And it's an 8 uh, o'clock Eastern time start on Saturday. Our guest is Rob Ford, radio voice of the uh, Houston Astros. And, Rob, I, that part of it, you know, nobody cares, you know, uh, for you or for me or whatever, the uh, how the broadcasters approach their job or any of that stuff. I'm just the playoffs are so different in terms of you know, especially in the way the modern game is played right now. The lack of emphasis on starters going deep in games, the stacking of the bullpen is different, and you don't really need to be as deep based on uh, some of those things that that you're talking about with the way uh, the schedule plays out at this time of year. You don't, but it but it helps to have really sure. good starting pitching, and the Astros have really good starting pitching. Uh, all of their starters in the division series against Cleveland went at least five innings in all three games. <laughs> you know that doesn't that doesn't sound like a lot, right. but when you see the way some of these teams go through starting pitching um, in the in the postseason, and that that definitely changes things. But uh, I agree, you can definitely you know match up more, and of course this year we've seen. You know, teams using the the so-called opener and having a reliever start games and, and things of that nature. But I think still at the end of the day, if you have really good starting pitching that can get you deep in the games more often than not, you're going to have an advantage. And then you combine that with the fact in the Astros' case that they have really good starting pitching and also a really good bullpen, a better bullpen, I think, than they had when they won the World Series last year. Uh, and that's something that every team that the Astros face is, going to have to counter with you know they just played a series against the cleveland indians and and the indians you know they got swept in the series but for the most part they pitched pretty well in terms of their rotation they have a really good rotation as well but their bullpen was terrible and the astros were able to take advantage of that their starters the astros starters were able to keep them in the game because of how well they pitched and gave the offense a chance to to make their move late and that's what the astros did in, in a couple of those games it's commonly held that the astros have the most complete, or if you want to look at it another way, the least flawed roster in baseball. Uh, obviously, a world championship last year, and did it feel that way all along here, Robert? And as you talked about, maybe even a, an adjustment, um, adding Roberto Zuna and some of those tweaks that were made, they've been made stronger over the course of this year in some respects. Yeah, I, I think they definitely have gotten stronger. The bullpen's gotten better. You mentioned Roberto Zuna and Ryan Presley, both uh, being acquired uh, at the trade deadline, and they've both certainly made this bullpen much better um, and much deeper. I mean, you look at the guys the Astros didn't put on their postseason roster for the division series. You know, Brad Peacock, Chris Davinsky, Will, uh, Hector Rondon, and Joe Smith, all quality relievers, all who had really good years this year. Um, Hector Rondon was the closer for most of the year, and he's not on the uh, in the bullpen for the division series and may not be for the championship series. And that gives you an idea of how deep the Astros bullpen is so even if say somebody goes down or something happens they still have a somebody else who could potentially 
step right in and, and fill a void uh, in that bullpen. And as far as the offense goes, the offense isn't as good as it was last year. Um, still very good, but last year was a historic season for the Astros offense. This year, not quite as much, although they're still in the top half of baseball and most of the, the key offensive categories, but the starting pitching's much better than it was last year. And the starting pitching was good last year. Uh, but I think the fact that the starting pitching has been much better has made up for the fact that maybe the offense isn't quite as productive as it was a year ago. But definitely, this is a really complete team, a really good bench, deep bullpen, and very good starting pitching. Versatile players, uh, fun to watch lineup. I think it's well chronicled how everybody uh, kind of gets behind Jose Altuve as a fun guy to watch, and, and all he's done is hit his entire career. We're visiting with Robert Ford, Syracuse uh, graduate and uh, radio play-by-play man of the Houston Astros. Rob, tell me about just what Justin Verlander has delivered. I think we had you on the show about a year ago at this time, and he was a uh, just after the deadline acquisition, if I remember correctly, uh, and not he, he didn't turn out to be just a rental player. This guy uh, obviously has delivered and seems to be, even though he's on the, the second half of his career, taken his own game and uh, certainly made the Astros at a different level. Well, I think when you acquire someone like Verlander, you want someone – that you know can be your opening day starter, that you know can be your game one starter in the playoff series, and you don't even have to worry about him. And that's what Verlander has done. Uh, I mean, he's just been outstanding uh, since he came over to the Astros. He was already starting to kind of reinvent himself, reinvent himself a little bit and improve during the latter time, uh, latter, latter part of his time with Detroit. Uh, and it's just gone into another gear since, since coming to the Astros and, uh, he finishes season strong. His best ERA in his career by month is in September, which tells you all you need to know about him. And he's been very good in the postseason in his career. He goes into to, to game one start uh, tied for fourth all time in postseason wins among pitchers with uh, Roger Clemens. Um, and so, I mean, this is a guy who comes through in big games uh, and is really good in the regular season as well. You, because that's the thing: a lot of really good starting pitchers for whatever reason, aren't as good in the postseason. I mean, you think about uh, Chris Sale last year really struggled in the postseason. David Price, it's been well documented how much he has struggled in the postseason throughout his career as a starter. But with Justin Verlander, that's not a concern. That's not a worry. And he just makes this whole team better. ALCS coming up starting Saturday night. The Astros opening in Fenway Park against the Red Sox. Rob Ford is our guest. Just another couple of quick ones for you, Rob. The, uh, The managerial matchup here, is interesting. Alex Cora's had as good a first year run as a manager has ever had in the history of the game, and AJ Hinch still pretty young when when you think about it in the grand scheme of things. But uh, his level of experience, what does that count for now, having been involved in as many uh, postseason games as he has in his short tenure? I think it makes a difference because you know we talk about how the postseason is different. It's different for players. It's different for broadcasters. It's different for managers too in terms of how. You deploy your bench, how you deploy your bullpen, and use your pitching staff. And it's something that A.J. Hinch has plenty of experience with, obviously the World Series run last year, and also getting to the postseason to the Division Series round in 2015, A.J.'s first year managing the Astros. And I know just having had conversations with him privately, A.J.'s talked about you know, how he's learned as he's gotten more postseason managerial experience. Um, and that certainly doesn't mean that, uh, the Astros are definitely going to win because A.J. has more postseason managerial experience than Alex Cora, but I think it definitely helps, and it definitely makes a difference. Uh, ultimately, the players obviously have to perform, but uh, A.J. is about as good as any manager 
that I've that I've been around and that I've seen at, at putting players in the best position to be successful. You know, we mentioned Justin Verlander. I don't want to go uh, any further without uh, honorable mention of Garrett Cole. What a acquisition that was by the Astros uh, to again make their. Uh, rotation even stronger and people know uh, obviously the the lineup we mentioned uh, Altuve, George Springer, Alex Bregman are among the best uh, hitters and most exciting players in the game. Anything that came out of the regular season matchups that we should be looking for here Rob that was a 4-3 series edge for Houston uh, in the head-to-head over the year but anything that you take out of that that informs uh, the championship series here? Well I think uh the, you mentioned the four and three record. Astros took two out of three at Fenway in September, early September, and that was a great series. I mean, that had a playoff feel to it, um, and and all the games were, were very competitive. Uh, and I think you know that kind of served as a preview for, as it turned out, the the ALCS. I think a couple of things from that series. One, the Astros the last couple of years have done a much better job of playing at Fenway Park. The, historically, they have not had a lot of success here. They had never won a series during the regular season at Fenway Park until last year. Of course, we're, we're in the National League until uh, 2013. But opportunities before that. Uh, but still, I mean, it's it's a place where the Astros have struggled to play. Also, too, the other interesting thing about that series at Fenway Park in September, there were a lot of Astros fans there. I've never seen that many Astros fans hmm. uh, in a venue that far from Houston uh, in the time that I've covered the Astros. And, I mean, when the Astros scored runs and did things in that series, you would have thought you were in Houston with the, the cheers. And even some of the folks in Boston were saying they've never seen anything quite like that, not even when the Yankees are there, not even when the Blue Jays are there with all the people that come down from Canada. They've never seen anything quite like that. And obviously it's going to be a little different in the postseason. I'm sure, of course, there'll be lots of Astros fans there, but not nearly as many as there were for that series in, in September. But it's an Astros team. I mean, this is a really good Boston Red Sox team, no question, but this Astros team certainly is not going to be intimidated by them. No, and you got to figure the time spent in this environment uh, has to count for something. Both of these organizations are used to playing big games, and and uh, was it Bregman that made the comment about, hey, let's get some primetime games, and it's about time. The Astros uh, deserve <laughs> it. You, uh, you deserve it. We're, we're looking forward to checking it out. All right. Thanks a lot, Matt. All right, Always thank good you, to Robert. catch up with you. Good stuff. Robert Ford, radio voice of the uh, Houston Astros, kind enough to give us uh, some time here. Good to uh, get his outlook on this upcoming series. And I, I saw people, you know, they're looking ahead to baseball's down to its final four. What are the potential World Series matchups? And the Astros Brewers, if it came to that, is uh, really two of the very few, I know the Seahawks did it as well, teams that switched leagues, or in the case of the NFL, switched conferences. You don't think of it that way. Astros Brewers, for most of our time, Polly, growing up and, and getting to know and love uh, baseball, that would have been an, an American league, you know, they would have been flipped, American League, National League, but they both have, have switched the Astros in the American League and Brewers in the National League now and uh, would give them chances to appear in the uh, in the World Series in the opposite uh, league, you know, in, in both cases. So, Not exactly a great TV matchup. That would not be, no. You know, Red Sox-Dodgers is obviously the one that you would most want from a, a television perspective. Astros, Astros are probably the best team. I, I, I would be fine with the Astros-Dodgers, which would be a rematch, mm-hmm. and the, the first of those since, uh, you know, that block of Yankees-Dodgers playing regularly in the in the 70s. So uh, good stuff there from Robert Ford. If you want to join us by phone, you can do that at 4ESPN44. That's 437 Back with Do We Care in the booth on ESPN Radio.
Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait, the other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. According to John Heyman of FanCred and MLB Network, Yankees insiders believe that Luis Severino was tipping his pitches in Game 3 of the ALDS. There was a video that surfaced of uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Mookie Betts in the dugout guessing pitches before they happened. So he mouths, Jackie Bradley Jr. mouths fastball, and a fastball was thrown. So it seems like they, they were on Luis Severino, not just on his pitches, but actually knowing what was coming. Yeah, I think this has been brought up about him before, Severino in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, various pitchers from time to time have this issue. You, Darvish, they talked about after the World Series, right, a couple of years ago, and it's not good. You take a lot of steps to avoid it, and more power to him if those guys are picking it off and and uh, veteran hitters and saw the the tips and the cues that you can read to discern the pitches, then uh, good on them, and, and that's a problem for the Yankees to not have noticed and not have tried to fix it. Yeah, it was an issue in the second half of the season for Severino. And they may have tried to fix it. They may sure. have been well aware. You know, the only thing that, to me, that might be crossing the line here is if video is being used to tell about the tipping, and I think it's hard to say any more that it's not because there's so much video review. They've got a coach in the back whose job it is to stare at the video the whole game, mostly decide whether they're going to pursue reviews of plays out on the field. Might be a play at first base, but that guy could be sitting there charting all kinds of things and pick up patterns and pick up pitch tipping uh, over the course of the game. So that's kind of BS if, if that's how they did it, but you, you got to be better than, than tipping your pitches, and, and sometimes young pitchers haven't uh, been able to shake that. These guys clearly weren't seeing anything that they shouldn't have. They were just leaning over the dugout going, this is, he's throwing a sure, fastball yeah. right here. Right. And he it's it amazing here. when you realize how minute some of the things are that they notice. It, it's just the way an angle of the glove, it's a turn, it's, uh, you know, obviously I think people are aware of various ways that pitchers might fidget in their glove uh, with their offhand and, and getting grips, you know, a split finger pitcher always starts with that grip so that it always looks like he's, you know, flipping it around a little bit and, and changing it is not as pronounced. But uh, you know, these guys are they're well coached. They know what they're doing, know what they're looking for, and uh, obviously it costs Severino. And there's some nerd, of course, out there that says it wasn't on his release that he was tipping the pitches because his release point is practically the same. Yeah, well, it could be it could be in how he how he flares the glove open. It yeah. could be how he takes the sign. It could be how he acknowledges the sign. It could be uh, how he starts into the windup. There's a lot of different things, and when you sit with an educated baseball person and a trained eye, to what I'm talking about is the attention to detail they have on stuff that most people wouldn't even have any idea about. Uh, they they really know what they're looking for, and and uh, you know Eduardo Perez has done some stuff like this on. ESPN television and radio where he goes into how you might figure some of this stuff out. And those guys, they know what they're doing. They know what they're looking for. And, and uh, tip of the cap to them if they, if they got it. Apparently he drops his arm as if he's fatigued prior to throwing his slider. So that's a lot of nerdy stuff right there. So. Well, again, he's pr- that's a way of taking something off it. Yeah. You know, you'd, you'd ideally you'd like to throw everything with the same arm slot and the same arm speed, just a different grip would be ideal, but that's hard to do. But what was weird is that Jackie Bradley Jr. was able to guess b- the pitch before it happened. So it wasn't like he saw him throw a well, lower yeah, arm. That's what they're saying. His arm was, look, he dangles his arm differently. Oh, he's okay. Throwing a fastball. Before he throws. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, I thought. Gotcha. Uh, Matt Slauson, uh, a Colts offensive guard, finished the Colts and, Colts and Patriots game Thursday night football last week 
with two broken vertebrae, vertebrae in his spine. He was placed on IR this week. He played all 83 snaps for the Colts, and he broke these vertebrae early in the third quarter, played through it. Yeah, it's uh, incredible. He must not have felt it. I wonder, ahead of time, was he taped up or shot up, or how did he not sort of sense it or feel it over the course of the game? But that's obviously serious stuff that needs to be addressed because when you're in that position, you're uh, you know one bad break or one play or one off-balance landing away from uh, not just not playing football again, but from not walking again. Matt called in with a stuffy nose yesterday. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's tougher, eh, hey, Slauson? Uh, Colts are going to keep Slauson around on the sideline. They want him to still be a leader, uh, but he will not be playing the rest of the year at, for the Colts. Uh, and finally, two Instagram models are both currently pregnant, and they claim that UConn, former UConn uh, player Andre Drummond is their baby daddy. Yeah, I just don't even know where to go and don't care to touch this with a, uh, a 10-foot pole. The, uh, <laughs> here, the thing that I'm blown away by, I just can't wrap my mind around the fact that Instagram model is like a thing. Like That's oh, a yeah. title. That's what people do for a living. Like That people exist just to take pictures of themselves. I mean, uh, They make a boatload of money, too. I'm sure they do, but from where? Who, who's, yeah, where's I don't the know. income? Who's paying... It's not like there's advertising that I'm. I mean, maybe it's more subtle than I'm picking up on 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 Instagram. And I know that's a whole industry that people do, and people go on Instagram to look at uh, attractive people. God bless them for uh, for figuring that out. But uh, I approve of number one. I'm sure you do. I'm sure they're not ugly. <laughs> what about number two? They I can't find her. They only got are they one PSs? Thing. Uh, yeah, a little. Yeah. Okay. One he dated and then broke up with. Yeah, they're both. And exceptional. did he did he start his? Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, never mind. <laughs> um, did he uh, connect with them on Instagram specifically? Oh, yeah, is the slide question into their DMs? That I don't know. I'm not sure how he met them. And do they know each other? That's Who a cares? Lot. <laughs> a, NBA a lot of questions around this for anyway. sure. Yeah, we'll get uh, Nick Friedel on that tomorrow. Uh, when we get into the Jimmy Butler One lives episode, in as well as, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of Instagram models that are pregnant. I don't know how you actually got your, you suss this out, Paul, that you it's get into a, these actual It's two, in but, the actual story. Uh, anyway, we'll get to an NBA preview. You search Andre Drummond, it's the first action. thing that comes okay, up. Okay, that's awesome. Well, good for <laughs> Elizabeth Costadani I'm sure he's uh, one of them. We don't need to go there. Thank you, Tommy. Yes. Once again. Fantastic hard-hitting journalism. For sure. Brought to the table there. Listen to ESPN Radio here in Syracuse for your chance to kick a field goal for the uh, Syracuse-North Carolina game, which is Saturday the 20th, a week from this coming Saturday. The fifth caller when prompted to call, and that's right now. The fifth caller from right now will be registered to win. If, you get, uh, if selected, you'll get tickets to the game and a chance to uh, attempt a field goal on the field for $1,000. So it's an extra point. Let your fingers do the walking now. And you'll have time to uh, loosen the legs. It's an extra point distance. Yeah. For your chance to win $1,000 from ESPN Radio Syracuse. So call us 437-7644. That's 4ESPN44 for your chance to either embarrass yourself greatly or walk away with a grand. You'll be on the field with Daniel Baldwin and Seth Goldberg, too. Whoa. Seth should have to pay. They should use Seth. Here's the thing I'm going to tell you. The, the yardage on these doesn't really matter. And the fact that you're saying it's an extra point, yeah. 
you know, if you could kick it all, you know, an extra point or if you want to call it a 25, 30 yard field goal, that's not really the deal breaker. The people who miss these, they don't get it off the ground. They, they couldn't kick it. They wouldn't make a field goal if the bar was three feet off the ground. I mean, the, the lack of athleticism uh, that we tend to see uh, from the average Joes in these things is astonishing. I hope the people that are uh, calling now are ready and don't embarrass us. If you're chosen from this particular group, be ready. Get out there. Tee it up. Hit the bottom half of the ball so the ball gets up in the air a little bit. Give yourself a fighting chance. Last year we had a winner. I think we did. We did. And we uh, made a whole deal of it, right? We interviewed yeah. him on the show and the whole thing. So good luck to all of you. And uh, if you are selected, we'll pick it do Wednesday. some practice. Get out to your local high school field. Boot it through. Pick those uh, Wednesday of next week? Yep. Okay, looking forward to that. Number is 437-764-4ESPN44. If you'd like to just call and chat, you can do that as well. We'll be back in just a moment in the booth on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Lots of programming reminders to tell you about uh, coming up here. We've had an uh, exciting time. Polly just uh, connected with three Instagram models during that. Uh, <laughs> How was your Graham game, Paul? You're not on the Graham, are you? Not good. Yeah. I'm, I, uh, it's all dog pictures. Really? Yeah. I've got an account, but I'm not active on Chicks the Chicks dig I, my I dog. Don't, I don't uh, check it. They don't dig me. That's a fact. Uh, did I hear? So there's an adjustment on the high school football schedule. You got the old Tri-Valley League rivalry, the showdown between the Bears and the Lakers. Yeah. Chittenango Cass will replace our Friday that's night huge. game. That's huge. That's like my father's side of the family versus my mother's side of the family. That's a that's always been a big one in our uh, household. Who's the Cass? Mother. Mom? Is the Cass a... Cass uh, wins a lot and Chit never does. Where, where, Rusty Dean, where are you? Rusty. <laughs> Through my senior year, Chit had lost like 17 in a row. And then my, I guess it was either my freshman year of college or sophomore year of college, they went all the way to the state championship. Rusty Dean running for about 300 yards a game. Went on to Cortland. How, 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 uh, did you follow them enough to know how? No, not, not this year. Once in a while, I'll check the paper, the box scores. I haven't done that this year. Cass is always good. Cass is a regular uh, section three. Uh, Chittenango <laughs> is four and two. Go Bears! I don't even know who they uh, they let go. My friend uh, Jack Hayes. I don't know who the coaches are anymore. Versus five and one yeah. Lakers. So it's a good That's matchup. It's good. Yeah, good. Well, better than the original. I'll, uh, have my ears on for that. So Seth's going to be out there. Seth and Julian. Seth and Julian on they the can, call. They can walk by that. Uh, they somehow they still haven't put up the the statue from my high school days. It's not a it might be under construction. They could give an update. Now, would you be a sports person in the statue or a broadcaster? In the I, I would just be standing there <laughs> at, at third base, kind of in my stance, but the ball rolling by me or between my legs or <laughs> me somehow or other wasting time and in, inglorious in, in athletic uh, experience. But you have to walk right by third base to so what old third base. They don't play there anymore, but the old third base on the way out to the football field, you could get out there. Go Bears. Uh, tonight, Giants and Eagles. Also, the Dino Babers Show. Special one tonight on the bye week. Sean Edinger, the Orange's uh, very important strength conditioning coach, will join us. We'll see you over at Press Room Pub tonight, beginning at 7. For Paulie and Tommy, I'm Matt. So long, everybody.